Welcome to Off the Record. I'm your host, Marika, and I'm a dietitian, nutritionist, and recovering perfectionist. Join me each week as I bring you raw and real conversations with inspiring men and women discussing matters in health and nutrition that are often swept under the rug. Sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee or a wine, and enjoy learning from conversations that help us to understand the messiness of what it means to be a healthy and balanced human. Welcome back to another episode of Off the Record. On today's episode, I am solo, so just me today. Uh, And I'm actually following up with the episode we launched last week, which was on Maddie Edwards' skin journey. Um, It was a great episode, and Maddie was really open and honest about how she built up her confidence in herself whilst being a beauty therapist and really struggling with acne and eczema. What I realized on the back of that episode, though, is that there is so much more that we need to go into when it comes to nutrition and acne in particular, or nutrition and skin. And there was a few things that I guess were brought up in that episode that sort of flagged to me that we need to talk about them because I didn't want them to go left unsaid. So this episode is sort of diving into um, the science behind nutrition and skin and nutrition and acne in particular. Um, so a little bit more sciencey, but I promise that I will make sure that it is super easy for you guys to understand. Alrighty, so let's dive on in. And I wanted to begin with a bit of a disclaimer about uh, this episode and the role that diet plays in acne and really that diet plays in any condition. Most of the time when it comes to nutrition and lifestyle factors, the role that diet plays is that it doesn't treat the condition, but rather it can influence the condition. So it's not that diet is providing a cure for acne or a cure for you know any other condition, but it may influence it both positively and negatively. So why I say this is because I think that there's a lot of, particularly online, a lot of pressure that comes that you are to blame for your condition, whether that be acne, whether it be any other sort of medical condition. And that is through your lifestyle. So people will put out there and say, well, you know, you didn't exercise, you didn't eat this, you ate that instead. And that means that's why you got acne or that's why you got, you know, condition X, Y, and Z. And I wanted to say that whatever we cover today, this is not about curing acne or causing acne. What I'm talking about is the role that diet and nutrition and certain nutrients play in influencing acne. And I think that we really need to be clear about the difference between influencing and causing and curing because they are two incredibly different things. And what I am speaking to is the influence of diet on acne, not the cause or the cure. When we look at the evidence around diet and acne, there is a lot of mixed evidence. Now, that doesn't mean that there's no role and it doesn't mean that there's some role. It really means that we're not sure of what the role is of diet in acne. Um, And I guess what's come out of the research is that there are certain nutrients and certain patterns of eating that may have an influence. And I really emphasize the word may here, and I'm going to go into further detail about each of these different dietary patterns or these different um, dietary groups or nutrients uh, and sort of describe what the may mean in each situation. 
But again, just key takeaway here is that diet may have an influence. So that doesn't mean that for every single person who has acne, that diet is going to play a major role. And I would like to give myself as the example here is that my diet, I think, is pretty damn good, um, if I do say so myself. Uh, and I still get acne. And I think that we need to, when we're thinking about conditions like acne, is remember that there is a whole host of different reasons why acne might occur. So we've got um, hormonal reasons. So whether you've um, had a change in your hormones based on, you know, going through puberty, going through menopause, pregnancy, breastfeeding, um, going on or coming off an oral contraceptive pill, um, the other reasons might be stress related. So stress has a really big influence on our hormones. Um, diet may be one of them. Uh, and the other reason is potentially genetics as well. So there is some sort of genetic uh, component to acne. So lots of different things at play here. The next thing is to remember that acne is a really common condition. So over your lifetime, 55% or 54%, I think it is, of women will develop acne at some point in their lifetime. And it's about 40 something percent of men will develop acne during their lifetime as well. So if you're thinking about you and your friends, if you've got you and one other, at least one of you is going to develop acne at some point in your lifetime. Or if there's a group of 10 of you, five of you at least are going to develop acne at some point in your lifetime. So it's a really common condition. Okay, so the dietary pattern that I wanted to begin with is one of the ones that has the most evidence behind it. And the most evidence is still not a lot when it comes to something like acne and skin, but it's what we do know with a bit more confidence has a role in um, influencing acne. And that is the evidence around a low glycemic index or a low glycemic load diet. Now, glycemic index is the response that your blood has, your blood sugars have in response to eating a carbohydrate containing food. So a food that has a low glycemic index, when you consume it, the sugars break down quite slowly and you have quite a mild uh, bump in your blood sugars. On the other hand, foods that have a higher glycemic index are those foods that do cause a bit of a spike in your blood sugars in response to consuming them. So they're foods that break down, or carbohydrates, sorry, I should say, that break down quite quickly and then have quite a um, quick and large impact on your blood sugars. So to give you examples of those two different, um, in terms of foods that would fall into those categories, when we talk about like high GI, we'd be thinking about something like um, lollies or white bread where there's not much there to break down and digest and it really quickly gets released into our bloodstream. Low GI, on the other hand, are uh, things that would contain fiber and take a bit longer to break down. So a low GI carbohydrate might be something like a whole grain um, or fruit or vegetables that contain dietary fiber to slow that digestive process. So when it comes to acne, what we do know is that diets that are predominantly lower GI have a reduced, uh, sorry, a reduction in the breakouts that are occurring on the skin. So there's a little bit of evidence around this. And one of the reasons why is potentially through the role of a hormone called insulin. So insulin is a really important hormone and it's not one that we want to get rid of. It is uh, has a really key role in our bodies, as do all hormones. 
Um, but what happens when we have carbohydrate containing foods and again, carbohydrate containing foods are incredibly important as you guys will know, if you follow me on social media and also carbohydrates are just delicious. Um, but one of the things that insulin does is that when our blood sugars rise rapidly, we have an increase in this hormone called insulin, which helps to clear the sugars from the blood and to bring them into the cells so that they can be used for energy. So that's the role of insulin. Having excess insulin in your blood, though, can cause uh, your oil glands to produce more oil, which may increase your risk of acne. So this is, again, a massive may here, but there is some evidence to suggest that the higher glycemic index your diet, so the more processed and refined carbohydrates that you're having, the more likely you are to have more breakouts on your skin. Now, this is, again, a massive may. And what I really want to make clear here is that it's not about just having, you know, one chocolate or one piece of white bread or one uh, lolly or whatever it is. It's about your dietary pattern as a whole. So even if you have one day where, you know, you're going to a friend's place and you're eating white crackers, you're eating sugary foods, birthday cake, all of these sorts of things. Just because you have some of those foods on one day does not mean that you're going to worsen your acne indefinitely. Whether it causes a breakout the next day or not or in the coming days is really going to be dependent on you and your skin and the role that diet plays in your acne. And I think that that in itself is a really important concept to sort of um, consider for you as an individual is that how much does diet play in your acne journey? Because there's going to be some people who eat perfectly, who have, you know, everything per the, per the textbook and they are still experiencing acne. And in that case, you know, having some sugar and those sorts of things is not going to make a single difference whatsoever. Um, however, there might be some people that do see a difference when they do have higher sugar days and those sorts of things. So the point I wanted to bring out from last week's episode is that Maddie and I were talking about is what's it worth to you? So for example, I mentioned last week that I love chocolate. Um, and if chocolate caused me breakouts, I'm not willing to forgo chocolate just for getting a couple of extra breakouts. That is not worth it to me. Now, other people might make a different decision and that is totally fine. If you choose to eliminate certain foods because it is not worth it to you in terms of the reaction it has on your skin. That is your personal preference. However, the likelihood that one food is causing your breakouts is quite low. And like I said, it's really about our dietary patterns over time um, and looking at our diet as a whole. So not just pinpointing, oh, well, you know, I had for dessert some ice cream or I had, you know, a handful of you know candy or whatever it might be. That's not the reason why your skin is breaking out. And even by cutting out, you know, a couple of pieces of candy in the evening, you're probably unlikely in the context of a healthy diet going to see a change in your skin. Now, on the flip side, if we are looking at a Western diet pattern, a Western diet pattern is one that is defined by a really high intake of refined carbohydrates. So we're talking again, lots of, um, processed foods like breads and chips and those sorts of things, takeaways, all of those sorts of um, things that you sort of think of when you think of the typical American diet. Uh, the other thing to think about 
when we think about a Western diet is also what is a Western diet missing? And a Western diet typically is defined by minimal fruits and vegetables as well. So not only do we have the addition of a lot of refined uh, carbohydrates, we also have the reduction in our whole grains. We have the reduction in our fruits and vegetables as well. So why am I saying this? The reason is that a typical Western diet in the research, again, has been associated with an increase in acne. And I think that the Western diet, I guess that dietary pattern really uh shows us what a high GI dietary pattern potentially looks like. And the reason why I'm emphasizing this is because when I think about the people who either follow me on social media or the clients that I've worked with in the past, a lot of the time they're coming to me and they're asking for help around their skin and their acne and wondering what they can do from their diet perspective to cure their acne or fix their acne. And when I get into it and I look at the way that they're eating and they tell me about the things that they're doing and eating and drinking and all of this, they're actually eating really, really well. They're not eating that Western diet pattern. And this is where I really wanted to drive home that message of it's not about those one offs. It's not about, you know, that one weekend where you had a massive binge and went out and drunk, you know, sugary drinks or whatever it might be. It's about your diet as a whole. And It's not worth it to give up your fun in your life and your enjoyment and your pleasure in food. And this is my opinion on this. I don't believe that it's worth it to give up that aspect of your life in order to just get a few less pimples. Yes, if it makes a huge difference to you, then sure. But if you are already eating really healthy and, you know, you're just having a little bit of, you know, chocolate here and there, ice cream here and there, I don't personally believe that it's worth it to give that up in order to get one less pimple a month. Now, the next thing I wanted to touch on was actually the ketogenic diet. So if you listened to last week's episode, you would have heard that Maddie spoke about the ketogenic diet and that she tried it for a short period of time um, and that it did provide some benefit for her skin. And I really wanted to go into this in more detail because one of my pet peeves is the ketogenic diet because I think it is just so restrictive. Um, So I actually have got nothing against people choosing to do whatever they want with your diet. If you want to eat ketogenic, great, fantastic. As long as you are happy with your choice, that you are happy with the health outcomes, whether that be mental, whether that be physical, whether that be increased or decreased risks of certain conditions, as long as you are happy and informed and educated, then I don't care what you do with your diet. It honestly does not bother me. However, I don't want you to feel that you need to follow a certain dietary pattern and in particular, a restrictive dietary pattern so that you can cure acne when the research shows that for the majority of people, it's not going to do much. Now, the reason why a ketogenic diet for some people may have a reduction in acne is because it is a very low carbohydrate diet. And by going low carbohydrate, what you're essentially doing is meaning that you're not getting those spikes in your blood sugar. However, as I also just explained, the other way that we can avoid getting those spikes in our blood sugar is by having low glycemic index foods rather than just cutting out carbs altogether. So what I'm trying to say here is that it's not necessarily 
necessary to completely remove carbohydrates from your diet in order to lower that uh, blood sugar response. What you can be doing instead is choosing higher fiber carbohydrates. So again, those sorts of things are like your brown rice, your quinoa, your whole grains. So when we're talking about like cereals, we're talking about ones that are not, you know, like not your cocoa pops and refined grains and those sorts of things. When we're talking about bread, we're talking about our grainy, multi-grain seeded loaves. When we're talking about pastas, we're talking about wholemeal pasta. We're talking about pulses. So lentils, legumes, those sorts of things. Um, and fruits and vegetables fall into that low GI category. So it's not that you need to remove carbohydrates from your diet. It's that looking at the types of carbohydrates and which ones you're having more of. Again, not that you're excluding, not that you're getting rid of completely, but which ones are the carbohydrates that are making up the most of the carbohydrates in your diet. Okay, I think that's enough on carbohydrates. <laughs> Point of the story, carbs are delicious. Eat them. They're not going to be the cause of your acne. However, if you choose to make changes to your carbohydrate intake based on your acne, my suggestions would be lower glycemic index carbohydrates. Alrighty, next big one is dairy and acne. And this is, I feel like, a big one, not when it comes to research, but when it comes to just misconceptions. It is wild. Like dairy is the first thing that people tell you to get rid of when you have acne. And even as somebody who's experienced acne and has like, and this is a really weird thing to, to verbalize. You're going to think I'm so strange. Um, but when you have like pulsating acne, when you've got those like cysts under your skin that literally have their own heartbeat, when you eat something every time, and maybe this is just me, but every time you put something in your mouth, you are wondering is this having an impact on it? And dairy is one of those things, even for me, knowing so much about the research behind it, when you've been fed over and over and over, fed, <laughs> um, sorry, <laughs> God, I'm a loser. Um, when you've been fed over and over again, the information that dairy causes acne it's really hard to dissociate from that. And I know the research behind it. And this is what I'm going to talk to you about now. And I know that that's not necessarily the case yet. These things still pop up in my mind. So I can so understand why it must be so confusing, confronting and overwhelming for the average person who doesn't know the in-depths of the research when it comes to this. So what is the research saying when it comes to dairy and acne? Well, there is a little bit of research that shows that an increase in the intake of dairy may, and I'm going to go into detail what the may means here, may increase your risk of, sorry, not increase your risk, it may increase the amount of acne that you have. Now, what is this may? So in the research, about 8%, so 8, not 80, just 8% of people develop more acne when they're consuming three-ish cups of milk a day. So two to three cups of milk a day. 8% of the population, and this was quite a big um, study that they were looking at. So I think it was about 15,000 people, 10 to 15,000 people. 8% of those people had an increase in acne as a result of consuming self-reported two to three cups of dairy, um, of milk a day. 8% is nothing. That means 92% of people did not see an association between dairy and acne. So I think that this is something to really remember when we are shaming ourselves or being shamed by others or shaming others around our dietary choices and acne. 
Now, I'm not here to advocate for or against dairy. I think there is arguments on both sides of the um, story for and against dairy. Um, That's another podcast episode in itself. Um, I understand completely the reasons for reducing dairy from an environmental and ethical standpoint. Um, However, dairy also does provide nutritional benefit in it's an incredibly rich source of calcium, which is such an important nutrient and such a forgotten nutrient in women and young and old women in, you know, throughout the entire lifespan, calcium is such an important nutrient and we need to be making sure that we are getting enough of it. Otherwise, we are going to pay that price later on in our life. So my recommendation around dairy and acne is if you feel like dairy is con- contributing sorry, to your acne, is to have a trial period where you are swapping to dairy-free alternatives to see whether it has a significant reduction in your acne. If it is, then sure, there's no harm in removing dairy from your diet, provided that you are replacing it with calcium-rich alternatives. Now, what I mean by calcium-rich alternatives is swapping it for calcium-fortified plant milks because calcium is one of those key nutrients, like I said, that we don't get in as rich sources from or as, as bioavailable sources from other uh, other sources. So the easiest way to do that is to swap to a dairy-free milk that has been fortified with calcium. Now, the point here is that if you don't see a reduction in doing that, and you enjoy consuming dairy in your diet and you want to continue to consume dairy, then please feel free to reintroduce dairy. And if it doesn't have an impact on your skin, if it's not worth it for the impact that it does have in your skin, then please continue to consume it if that suits you and your lifestyle choices. Okay, so the final thing that I wanted to touch on, because they are the two, I guess, key things that really have come up in the research when it comes to acne and um acne and diet. The other thing I wanted to touch on though is supplements because holy shit, there is some supplements out there targeted towards acne. And again, the thing that I found since having acne, um, adult acne sucks. Like I swear to God, it's at least if you get it as a teenager, I feel like, well, everybody's sort of getting it then. Whereas as an adult, you're like, this is, I have wrinkles and acne. Um, anyway, beside the point, The thing that I find with supplements is that the companies know how to target you. They know where your vulnerabilities lie. They know where the shame lies and they drive straight to them. And they make you feel like that you are doing the wrong thing by not buying their supplement. And their supplements are not usually cheap. Now, I'm not going to name names around the different types of supplements. There's many brands out there. Um, But the one thing that I've found since having acne is that you do feel the want and the need to try everything. And I don't know whether that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, if, like I said in the previous episode, if, if you have the funds to be able to do that, and if it's not harming your mental health or your physical health, and you want to go splash cash on random supplements, then sure, go ahead. But the evidence shows that for the majority of people, these things don't actually work. Uh, And again, (laughs) I actually did. I went and bought a whole bunch of supplements to try some of the one of the ones that you would have seen advertised on your Facebook. I know it. I went and bought that and tried it. Absolutely nothing. And again, that's just my experience. Um, And these companies have, you know, hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of reviews on them to make you believe that it's going to 
be something that works for you and that, you know, if you just keep taking it for longer, if you keep buying them, then it's going to make a difference. Ultimately, for the majority of people, they don't make a huge difference. And the other thing to keep in mind is when people do see a difference with either supplements or even with some dietary changes, we need to think about, well, what else is happening at that time? And so what I mean by that is that, say, for example, you buy, you know, a skin supplement and it arrives and you decide, okay, well, I'm going to start taking this supplement this week. Sometimes for a lot, like actually majority of the time, what happens when you sort of get a new supplement or you get a new, um, let's use celery juice as an example here. When you get a new thing that you're going to use as part of your routine, you start to assess the rest of your routine. So the rest of your diet, the rest of your lifestyle. So what might happen is that when you start taking this dietary supplement, you might go, okay, well, um, Monday, I'm going to start taking the supplement. And also I really have been trying to work on the habit of drinking more water. And I've also been trying to work on the habit of getting more steps in. So Monday I'm starting all of those things. And then say three weeks comes and you have seen a reduction in your acne it's really hard to then tease out, okay, well, did actually the supplement do anything or did the celery juice do anything or did the diet do anything? Or was it, you know, a combination of all of the factors involved or was it something completely different or was it in itself that time had led to something changing? So for example, um, hormonal acne is a really good example here is that, you know, there is weeks of the month where acne is going to be better and where acne is going to be worse. And so if you start taking a supplement, you know, at a certain stage in your cycle, you might be led to believe that that supplement has actually had a really big benefit when in actual fact that your skin was going to improve for the next couple of weeks anyway, because that was where you were in your cycle. So I think it's really important that we consider that um, when we are trying supplements. And again, remembering that, like I said in last week's episode, that don't feel like that you're missing out by not buying a lot of these supplements. Like, the evidence behind them is not there. And for the majority of people, they're not going to make a huge difference. Now, finally, I just wanted to touch on some of the key nutrients that um, do play a role in our skin health. Um, So these are nutrients, um, vitamins and minerals and fatty acids. So we've got our omega-3 fatty acids and they do play a role in our skin health. And our omega-3s are found in oily fish. So things like salmon and tuna and mackerel. Um, as well as plant-based sources in things like walnuts and chia seeds, um, hemp seeds or hemp hearts, uh, and linseeds. So omegas do play a role in our skin health and consuming them as part of a healthy diet is a really good thing, not just for your overall health, but can be for your skin as well. Now, again, taking an omega-3 supplement is not going to be the cure for your skin. All I'm saying is that omega-3s play a role in skin health and that consuming them is a great thing to do in general. So the other nutrients worth mentioning is um, a few of our vitamins. So vitamin A um, plays a role in our skin health as well as the B vitamins. So many of our B vitamins do play a role in the integrity of our skin. Um, And zinc is one of the minerals that does play a role in skin and in acne. Now, Again, in saying that, that doesn't mean that you need to supplement these nutrients. And what I'm trying to pinpoint here is that if we consume a healthy balanced diet, so one that can, that is made up of lots of fresh fruits and vegetables, whole grains, um, that has some lean sources of protein, our healthy fats, 
we are in general going to consume enough of these nutrients and we don't typically need to go above and beyond. It's not a case of more equals better here. And in fact, with some of the vitamins, having more of them certainly does not equal better and can actually worsen acne in the case of um, some of the B vitamins, uh, for example. Um, so I think that the the message to really drive home here is that you know, consume a healthy and balanced diet as much as you can. Now, obviously there's so many factors which we dive into in other podcast episodes around, um, you know, what plays a role in how, you know, you can access and afford a healthy balanced diet. And I don't ever want to make you feel like that, again, it's your fault for not being able to do that because there's many reasons why you struggle, might struggle to consume a healthy and balanced diet. However, If you are consuming a very varied and healthy and balanced diet with the occasional treats, with, you know, the occasional social occasions and those sorts of things, being perfect with your diet does not equal less acne than being moderate with your diet. So I really want you to take away that message is that doing perfect is not the answer. And I feel like that is just like the theme of the entire podcast is that Perfection does not exist and being perfect does not equal better all of the time. So please give yourself a break. Yes, eat more fresh fruits and vegetables. Yes, eat lean proteins, healthy fats. Yes, minimize your processed and refined foods. But it doesn't mean that you need to exclude fun foods altogether in order to have an acne-free face. There are so many factors that play into acne that have got nothing to do with diet. So Yeah, find that healthy balance for you and um, what works for you in terms of where weigh up the risks and the benefits of making changes to your diet. One thing I just realized I have not mentioned is fluid. Fluid is so important um, when it comes to our skin health. So please make sure that you're drinking plenty of water. And that is it for today's episode. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. It is a little bit more in depth than um, potentially some of our previous episodes, slightly different approach. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. If you enjoyed this style of podcast, then please let me know um, just by tagging me on social media at Marika Day. Would really appreciate to hear your feedback. Um, as to whether we should do more like this, um, you know, do some episodes where we are following up the second week going in further depth. Uh, I would love to know, uh, again, if you want to make sure that you're not missing an episode, make sure that you're following or subscribing on your podcasting platform of choice. If you could leave a rating and review, I would be so grateful. It means the world to me. You know, I say that every week. It really does. I'm so grateful. Um, And we do have our podcasting community on Facebook. If you wanted to look us up, it is off the record community. So I will speak to you guys next week. And again, I hope you have a fabulous week ahead. Bye.